Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate as you are tuning in to a brand new day with Stephanie J. And welcome on this Easter holiday weekend, this resurrection season, we'll call it. It just crept up on me. I don't know about you, but I didn't realize until yesterday that this was Easter Sunday approaching. So I had to shift gears and head out today and take care of some some things, you know, so I wouldn't get caught up in that weekend crowd. And so I don't know about you, but I am prepared and I am ready and just looking forward forward to this uh, beautiful day. And, you know, the word of God says in Psalm 118 and 24, that this is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. And that is the scripture verse that I have chosen for my show. And I'm so glad that for me, it is more than just a verse of scripture because I truly view each and every day as a gift and also a brand new day to do some brand new things. And so let me quickly tell you where my show can be heard before I get into this next episode. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Spreaker, Pocket Cast, Overcast, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Geo7, J-I-O-S-A-A-V-N, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Pandora, Radio Public, and Deezer. And the archives of Reset Today with Stephanie J can be picked up on YouTube. How are you doing on this day? I pray that you are well and, you know, mostly everybody is probably on the road in some direction. I know I was out earlier today and it was crazy, heavy traffic in every direction. And I was just grateful that I didn't have to travel too far in any direction because, it was a mess. And then they had the audacity <laughs> to be doing road work on the road. I'm like, now they know better. They know what time of season and what time of year this is. You know, folks trying to get places and you're blocking off and cutting down lanes and whatnot. But anyway, I took care of my business. I said, I am not going to be out there today in this. And I came on back in. And so what I want to do is just finish up the beginning of the series, Profiles, Women in Need of Healing. And I started off a few days ago talking about Tamar in the book of 2 Samuel, the 13th chapter. And so I'm going to end that portion of this profile and then I'll pick up again with another figure or character of the Holy Bible. There are so, so, so many stories to choose from and I'm not going to go really deep 
into it because I've already done two episodes. The first episode, I read the scriptures about the story. And so if you're interested in that, you can go back and listen or pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 13. And it was a very sad story about a beautiful young virgin who was taken advantage of by her half brother Ammon. And as I mentioned in, I believe the second episode, Ammon ended up paying the price for his indiscretions to his sister with his life. And his life was taken by a plot from his brother, also Tamar's brother, Absalom. They were all children of King David. So the story is pretty intertwined and it's, you know, a sad reality that many women have experienced what Tamar has gone through in these verses of scripture. And so we know today and I know today because of the various books, the blogs, the podcasts, you see um, some women's lives have taken a different turn uh, because they've experienced rape and molestation in their families. And it, it has also happened to uh, quite a few men, unfortunately. There are many women sitting behind bars uh, because of things that have happened to them. And it is just really sad. And I, I just wanted to, um, I guess, open up this series. And I've even talked, if you've heard it or not, you can go back and listen to it. I've talked a little bit about a portion of some of my daddy issues at this time in my life or things that have been going on um, for many years. And so I, I too know what it's like to be a woman and have so much to deal with. We do in life. We just have so much, especially as women, as I've already said, we have a great responsibility as women. We're often you know, um, we end up being the ones to take on the most weight in the home, even if we're married. And I've been on both sides of this spectrum. So I know, I know what it's like to work a full-time job, to rear children while your husband is working outside of the home. And, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've had to make a lot of the decisions and carry a lot of the weight and it's not easy, you know, but I'm so glad that I hung in there and I did what needed to be done today. I can proudly say that two of my children have graduated from colleges and they're both doing well. Um, I homeschool my 12 year young out. It doesn't even sound right to say 12 year old. He's so young, so energetic and so vibrant and youthful. I, I just say 12 year young son, Christian. He's been homeschooled practically since he was like a toddler. Um, very bright, very intelligent, very full life, very full schedule. He keeps me busy. You know, I get a chance to, um, you know, delve into my studies, study of the word, personal studies that I like to do when he's doing his homeschooling and I'm not doing stuff around the house. You know, I, I actually... Um, earlier today, while I was doing some things in the kitchen and laundry and whatnot, 
I went back and I listened to my podcast entitled Game Time. I, I guess that's about three or four podcasts before this episode. And I wanted to see what I was talking about in that episode and if I had really adhered to it. And so I was pleasantly surprised when I heard it because I, I've done so many podcasts. I do so much speaking all over the place. This is like episode, I guess, 178. And then I recorded 40 on Reset Today. So that's a lot of talking. And I don't often go back and listen, or I don't hear these episodes for a very long time. And so I went back and I was listening and I said, okay, wow. So I stuck to that. Okay. So I did that. And one thing I'm very pleased about, I'm going to give myself a pat in the, on the back. Um, I talked about doing things in this season. I've been saying this basically really since COVID hit and I started to do these podcasts like, come on, it is time to get up, especially on reset today. There are a lot of podcasts encouraging people, you know, whatever it is you're going to do, whatever it is you're meant to do, you know, reevaluate, take those plans down, you know, um, you know, get to it because none of us know especially with the statistics all across the land. We don't know how much time we have left in this world or in our own lives. So, hey, those times for sitting back and just waiting and waiting to see what's happening or what may come about, no, it's time to take the bull by the horns, as they used to say. And so I made up my mind that I would do some things for myself in this season, like, you know, it's just time. And I had accomplished quite a bit. I went on and published books. I have over 20 something books published on Amazon. You know, um, quite a few of them are in a little mini pamphlet series, uh, the God's word on and there are different topics like love and marriage and the flesh and things like that. But then I have five books that i published as, you know, paperbacks and their digital. And so I had been holding on to these things for years. You know, our music, my husband and I, we've put music out there for many, many years. We've been doing music together since like 2007, 2008, when our first CG, CD project came out. 2009. So our music has been on SoundCloud and YouTube and we sang all over the place in a few states and, you know, many churches and things. So I've been out there doing some things. But once I started podcasting and blogging, um, I put my studies to the side and I really wanted to get back into that. And so a few about a month, month and a half ago, I signed up to start doing online courses. And I said, you know, I'm not going to do what I've done in the past. There were times when I started and I was eager and excited and little by little something would jump in the way and I kind of slowed down or stopped what I was doing. And so when I was talking about game time and, you know, stepping up to the plate, and it was like, this is my time and I'm not going, I made up my mind. I said, I'm not going to let anything or anyone distract me in this season of my life. I'm going for mine. I've raised children. I've helped with my grandson. In fact, uh, years ago, I was in a, 
in the community college taking a business course. And I kind of stopped that because I needed to tend to some things that was going on and, you know, kind of keep my grandson at that time. And I never got back into that uh, particular school or the courses. And then after a while I was upset because I was paying for that. And so this is kind of my way of making up to myself, some of the decisions that I've made in the past. And so now I'm taking, I took, uh, the, the introductory courses. You have to take a, a part A and part B and pass a few quizzes before you can actually take a regular course. And most of the courses are designed, except for many courses, their courses are designed and set up for about six months or more. And so I looked at that and I was like, mm, I'm not going to stretch that out. I want to do that. I want to go ahead and, you know, just knock some of these courses out because I want to get to, they have one that I'm interested in in accounting. I took accounting in high school, but I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at taking these courses from a biblical perspective and tying them into some things that I'm doing and some things that I want to do at this stage in my life. Now that I've got most of my child rearing and other things out of the way. So I said, I'm not going to play around with this. So I looked at my calendar last night. I was doing some of my classwork and it is a lot of reading, a lot of videos. I've said that before, but what I've been doing is, and I haven't been podcasting and blogging because I've been spending all of my extra time getting my schoolwork knocked out. When I'm at the library in different places, when my son is doing his work, I'm there with my laptop and my devices and my books open and my reading material. And I'm sitting there for hours just knocking this stuff out. Well, guess what? It's been, I'm going to say, actually less than three weeks because I had, you know, taken off a few days where I didn't do any work. But within about three weeks time, I'm about 80 to 90 percent finished with this course. I took quiz number 10 on yesterday and I'm happy to say I only failed one quiz out of 10 quizzes. You have to get a 70 or above. I got a 60 percent on one quiz, but everything else was 85, 90, 95, 100 percent. And so I am sticking to my plan. As I said, it is game time. I am a woman who has been in need of healing many situations, many circumstances. So as I've said before, when I talk to you, I'm not just talking. I'm not talking from textbooks. I am not talking from what I've read. I'm not even talking just from Tamar's story or any of the women in the Bible. I have been through and I have come through on the other side. And now I can finally say I am really and truly free. And I am really and truly living my life without apology. I am doing things that make me happy today. And that's all I want for other women to realize that it is possible. Listen, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you've been. I don't even know your name. I don't know what you've been through. You know, and I don't know if you've had Tamar's experience or if you have experiences like mine, a distant relationship with your father, someone else coming in, intruding and 
you know, bringing a wedge. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's been hurt, betrayal. I Listen, I've been through things in marriage. I've been through divorce. I've been through all kinds of things. Friendships, so-called friendships. I've been through some battles. I've been in court battles. I've been in all types of situations. But I am sitting here today. And I am standing today, despite what the enemy had planned, no matter what, no matter who he tried to use, the word of God that I read and I live from and I believe with my whole heart tells me in Isaiah, no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. And most people just stop right there. And it goes on to say, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And the Bible says, this is the heritage of the children of the Lord. The Lord says their righteousness is of me, say of the Lord of hosts. So I'm glad that I took hold and I let those words take hold of me. And so I woke up these last two days at 3 a.m. in the morning. The night before it was 3 a.m. on the dot. And this morning it was 2.57 a.m. Well, when I woke up, Yesterday, I could not go back to sleep. And so I started thinking again about Tamar's story. And I just grabbed my phone because I wanted to see if I could find anything else on her story. I never was able to. But I said, well, let me just Google and see if anyone else has a different take or perspective. And so I read a few blogs and and there wasn't anything really new outside of the scriptures. There's no more scripture verses that talk about her outside of 2 Samuel 13. There is another Tamar mentioned in Genesis who uh, became... That's a story I don't even want to get into. I talked about it before, but she was Judah's daughter-in-law whose two husbands were uh, slew by the Lord. And Judah didn't do right by giving her the third born son, which cut her out of her Levitical right and all of this. And so she kind of put this scheme together and ended up having twins by her father-in-law. So, you know, it's some, it's some messy stuff in the Bible. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a lot about her. And then there's also a Tamar that was Absalom, Tamar's brother, daughter. So I couldn't really find anything different on her other than what the scriptures said. So, you know, my mind was just wondering. I was thinking about, you know, some of the things that I shared in the podcast. And I, I was just wondering, I was just saying to myself, like, I really wish that there was more told about her story. There are so many women, especially in the Bible, that I wish we got to see what happened after the healing, what happened after the deliverance. Like the woman, I'm going to talk about her, the woman in 2 Kings 4 who was a widow in debt because her husband her husband died and left her with a lot of debt and her sons were going to be taken as bondmen and she went to the prophet Elijah at that time and the bible tells us that he gave her a strategy for how to get out of debt and rescue her sons i'd like to see if once she got out of that did she stay out of that did she use that you know, the strategy that he gave her and did she make that work in her life or did she do as some of us 
have done. We we often sometimes get out of stuff and we somehow wind up back in it. It doesn't always necessarily work the first time. Not everybody gets it the first time. And so I like to see a little further, a little deeper. The woman who was bowed over for 18 years. Jesus called to her one day while he was teaching in the synagogue and he healed her. I like to know what her life was like after she got that healing when she was allowed to go back to her family or go back to her neighborhood or community and things like that. I think about stuff like that when I've read these stories so much. I've heard them so much. My mind just gets to wandering. So Tamar, she was a victim in this story. Many of you may identify with that. I I don't feel like a victim. Things have happened, but I'm a victor because the Bible tells me that I'm victorious through Christ. So I don't take that defeatist attitude. I haven't taken that victim woe is me attitude. In fact, I'm not even talking about anything anymore. I don't sit there and talk to so-called friends or talk to people anymore about what's going on in my life. I get up and do what it is I have to do and I keep it moving. I know who's been there for me. I know who I can confide in and I know who I can trust. And so that's the way I roll these days. But I'd like to know once she went back to Absalom's house, her brother told her, just don't say a word, go back to my house. And the Bible says, so she lived there desolate. She, she lived in darkness. She hid in shame. I talked about briefly Um, How her father, David, the king did nothing. The scripture says, and I said it wrong the last time I I wasn't looking at it. And I said, I believe it's in uh, 2 Samuel 13 and 23 where David heard about it. But it actually was verse 21. It says, and King David heard all these things and he was wroth. He was angry, but he did nothing. And I mentioned how I'm sure that that only added to Tamar's pain. Daddy didn't come through for me. Daddy wasn't there. Daddy knew about this and yet he did nothing to Ammon. He did nothing to comfort me. How many times have we felt like that as women? How many times have we felt the the disappointment that daddy wasn't there for us in a way that we felt he should have been or he could have been? I'm hurting and daddy did nothing to comfort me. You know, we grow up believing that our fathers are these giants. They're so strong. I I was thinking about the times that I remember when I was a little girl walking. We did a lot of walking because my parents didn't drive till late. They didn't drive until their 20s. So we did a whole lot of walking and busing. Man, I remember we used to walk from our house all the way to Fairmount Park to family reunions and picnic days and we walked everywhere we caught buses you know we get rides sometimes with our relatives we did a lot of walking my father used to take us and we walk all the way to 25th and Cambria to visit his mother and my aunt Shirley his sister and it was about a good 30 minute walk but the cool thing about it it was a straight walk we'd walk to one block on 25th street and then just walk straight the entire time there was no turn we walked straight up to the house on the left side of the street and so I used to enjoy those walks and talks and you know my brother and I we used to be talking my dad's head off you know my mom would be going sometimes but I guess she was like I'm not walking up there y'all go you go ahead you take them and so 
I remember my dad grabbing our hands and walking us across the street. And sometimes we stop at a little penny candy store on the way and stuff like that. So I remember those times. But, you know, when you're a, a small child, you don't worry so much about or, or not even aware of the forces around you because we feel like daddy's there to protect me. I don't have to be afraid. I remember nights when it was storming outside. I remember rainy nights and some Friday nights come to mind. Those are nights that we watch family TV. I don't know if y'all remember that. Friday night was like um, nights when Dallas and Falcon Crest and other shows would come on where we watched that stuff it, with our parents. And I remember my father would go get a bucket of uh, Geno's or Church's chicken and those rolls and French fries and stuff and buy a soda and we'd eat dinner and be sitting there watching TV. But I remember uh, one night it was storming outside one Friday and I got up out of my bed. I don't remember how old I was, but I got up out of my bed and I went and climbed in the middle of my mom and dad's bed. My mom was like out. She was like out. She never even knew that I was in the room. And I remember there was a bucket of chicken, <laughs> some chicken left on the side of the bed. And me and my dad were up in the wee hours of the morning chomping on the last of that, you know, uh, cold chicken or whatever memories but you know as little girls that's how we grow up those of us who you know had our fathers around or whatever so you grow up thinking that daddy is there and daddy will be there to protect you and so it is a very hurtful thing when you start experiencing life when you start going through things that daddy is not or cannot be there and I know that Tamar experienced this. I understand that. But I would have liked to have known, did she get past that? Did she recover from that? Was her relationship with her father healed? Did David eventually come to her? Did she eventually go to her father? I mentioned briefly that, you know, Absalom ended up having Ammon killed, a plot that he put together at a banquet, and then he later was killed. So she had to grieve the death of her abuser and half-brother, and also the death of her brother, Absalom, who was her brother by the same mother and father. And, you know, she had to come to terms with with those losses. So we don't even know. We don't even get a picture of what it was like or what she felt. I would like to know if she ever got married. Did she ever have a family of her own? What happened at the end of it? All we can do is surmise, conjecture. All we can do is put our thoughts to it because the Bible does not give us those answers. And so I want to kind of turn this now because it's, there's not really too much else that I can say. Even in my own situation, in my own circumstance, you'd have to go back to listen to the part that I did share. There were other things, but I chose not to start at the earlier years with my parents. My mother is now deceased. Makes no difference anymore. You know, she's no longer here. My brother is no longer here. And out of that union, as I said in a poem I wrote, it's only my dad and I, but only it hasn't been my dad and I, you know, I've been here with my family and he's, you know, with her. God bless him. I'm okay. I'm really okay. And so I've worked through it. It didn't happen overnight. 
There are many channels that I have worked through grief through the years. Writing has always been a, a source of um, comfort for me. My grandmother told me before she died in 98, never stop writing. And I thank God I never did. She said, your mother left you with a gift. I wrote a poem for my mother's obituary entitled Sleeping Beauty. And my father was the one suggesting that I write something instead of using the funeral homes offerings if I didn't see anything. And so I wrote simply uh, Sleeping Beauty. And everybody was saying, oh, that's so beautiful. You should publish that. And the, well, I had only written it for my mother. But years later, I put it in a book entitled Simply Stuff Treasures of the Heart. And I did... Um, a CD adaptation from it of some other poems. But when my brother was killed, I had a word processor. And I used to sit and just type out my feelings and emotions. This was before journaling even became popular. And through the years, for more than 25, 30 years, I've been keeping all kinds of journals. I have about 15, 20 journals downstairs and I had some in storage that I lost. But I've always written, always recorded. Music was another outlet. I deal with my emotions through music, upbeat, positive lyrics, you know, um, I've had to cry sometimes. I've cried buckets of tears. I've sat down and I've listened to psychologists and people on the internet and doctors tell you, you know, write out letters to people who have hurt you and you don't have to give it, give it to them if you don't want to. Just write it and tear it up or burn it. I've done things like that. I've tried all kinds of things, but I think a big part of it for me my release came through writing and the, the cleansing tears that I shed. And after, as time goes by and as time went on, I realized that I don't even feel these things that deep. I don't feel the hurt. I'm not wallowing in the past. I'm not sorrowing about the past. I'm not rehashing. This is the first time I'm talking about this stuff. I'm not rehashing. I'm not on the phone lines talking to people. I'm not saying, Hey, yeah, let me tell you about the, Oh, you don't know. It. No, it doesn't even matter what I've been doing. Like I said, in game time, I am living my life. I'm doing the things that I want to do. I don't know about you, but the handwriting is on the wall. We're not living in Tamar's era. We're not living back in biblical times. We're closer. Paul, the apostle Paul said, now the time is drawing nigh. The time is closer to the end than it's ever been. And so the message I'm trying to drive across here is that we just don't have time for the nonsense. We don't have time for the foolishness. Hey, whatever you have to do, young lady, older lady, seasoned lady, a uh, little girl, work through your hurt, work through your issues. I don't know what the answer is for you. I don't know what will work best for you. I can only suggest things, things that have worked for me. And I just told you mainly the things that I do. Sometimes I just like to take nice, long pampering bubble baths, nice, little relaxing music, you know, just alone, me, myself, and I just having a, a calm, peaceful, relaxing time where nothing else matters but that moment, that pure enjoyment of just being able to relax and do something so simple in a world that's so chaotic. Sometimes I like to take walks, just go to the park and just walk that long trail. 
lot of times my son is with me. So we're just enjoying our time. Sometimes we go out and we play sports and things like that. You know, just sometimes being outdoors, being in nature, you know, if you're you know, prone to being in your bedroom a lot, change the atmosphere, change the room. I have a backyard that I never really use too much, but every now and then, like the other day, I took one of my chairs out the trunk and I put it in my backyard because I like to read back there sometimes. Yesterday, my son and I were out enjoying the weather, planting new plants and stuff for the season. There's all types of things that you can do to make yourself feel better. I'm not looking for anybody else to rescue me. In fact, my rescuer already came more than 2000 years ago. And Galatians chapter three tells me clearly that he took it upon him. What was impending for me, he took it. So I don't have to keep living under these curses, generational curses. I don't have to keep uh, perpetuating the cycles, the patterns of what my family did, what my ancestors did. Tamar could not do anything about the past. She could not do anything about what Ammon did to her. She could not do anything about what happened to Ammon because that was on Absalom. She could not do anything about what happened to Absalom because that was on Absalom for his rebellion and his uprising against his father. And then those who followed the king didn't listen to his orders not to harm Absalom. So he lost his life. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And I grew up hearing, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Just because Ammon did wrong, he didn't have to take matters into his own hand. He could have went to his father and said, look, dad, you need to handle this. You're the king. You know what happened. This is your daughter. You know, he could have made different choices just like us in life. I'll be the first to admit there are many things that I wish I had made different choices, but I didn't. So there's no reason to sit here at my age and keep crying over the past or crying over spilt milk or crying because someone did this or someone betrayed my trust. It's not time for all of that. In fact, I did some podcasts last year. It is time out for this. And I think some of them were entitled, it is time for this. There, there's a time and season for everything, as the book of Ecclesiastes tells us. This is my time to shine. This is my time to rise. This is my time to take back everything that's been stolen. And so I don't have time to keep going around in circles. I don't have time to keep giving my time and attention over to people who are just going to squander what I give them or what I say to them. I only deal with people who want what I have to offer. My grandmother told me that a long time ago when she was trying to tell me about a girlfriend that was in my life who she told me was no good. And I found out the hard way that this girl was no good, but I didn't want to listen because she was portraying another side. And I thought that I could help this girl. We went to school together and I gave her a computer and my son's crib and all kinds of things. And this girl ended up turning around, stabbing me in the back, taking a car that I put in her name that I paid her to put in um, my in her name because of a situation that I was dealing with. I thought I could trust this girl. And she walked off with my car and the possessions that I did leave in there, which some personal papers was in there. But you know what? You live and you learn. Ask me 
have I ever put a car in anybody's name again after that? So some lessons you just have to learn the hard way. Am I bitter towards her? No, not these days. I let it go. I never did anything to retaliate. I had her information just like she had mine from the car transaction. I didn't do anything to retaliate because the word of God says, vengeance is mine. Say of the Lord, I will repay. So like you, I've been through things. I've had to learn things the hard way sometimes, but I'm glad I learned the lessons because today I'm not in any of those situations and I don't have to rely or depend on anyone. I'm grateful for that. Every day I get up and I ride in my car. I don't have to worry about anybody taking anything from me. My bank accounts are in my name. Okay. My husband puts a lot of money in there, but it, it doesn't matter. They're in my name. Okay. Everything that I have, though it not, though it's not a, a whole, whole lot. I don't have everything, but everything I have is mine and it can't be taken away. And so I'm glad that I graduated to that point, learning hurtful lessons. I don't know what your story is. I can't talk for you. I can't talk about what you've been through. I can only tell you what I've been through. We've all been through hurts. We've all been through disappointments. We've all had experiences in this life. And guess what? It's going to continue on until we leave this place. So you have to get in the frame of mind like I did. Hey, it's game time. It's on now. It's not about anything or anybody else. I am not responsible for what other people do. You know, I love my father. But the relationship and the way it turned, it was not on me. It was not my choice. And I did much to reach out to him through the years. I did much. But see, one day... We're all going to stand before that throne. That's all I'm going to say. Everybody's going to have to give an account for their lives. I'm not responsible for his choices. He's not responsible for mine. You're not responsible for what someone else has done. Unless you participated in it. Unless you were a willing party to it. So the best thing that we can do. My grandmother used to say, get up and dust your knees off. And keep going. She even told me about this, this girl who turned out not to be my friend. She said, and her own mother-in-law told me, oh, I wish you would have came to me. I'm sorry, her mother. I spoke to her mother and her mother-in-law back then. Her mother told me, oh, Stephanie, I wish you would have came to me before you did anything. There's things I could have told you about her that you would not have done it. And they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And she was supposed to be a Jehovah's Witness, like my dad's wife. But that's another story. You know, I didn't listen and I could have learned without going through all of that. But I had to go through that since I made that choice. Well, well, it's no need to keep crying over it. It was years ago. So my grandmother told me, shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. Don't look back. Just you just know next time. That's what my grandma said. Well, baby, you you just know next time. So I know next time and I learned those lessons well. So today I can sit here and I can honestly, I can honestly say I have been healed. I can honestly say I've been delivered from these things and I'm living my life and I'm happy. I'm happy. Am I super abundantly overflowing happy all the time? No, but I'm sure not down in the dumps.
<laughs> I'm sure not sitting here wasting my time thinking about anybody and what they doing and what they saying and where they going. No, I'm living my life. And that's what I hope if you're not, as you're listening to this, I pray that you're being encouraged. I pray that something that I have said through these three episodes, there'll be more forthcoming. But when I get through with this, I'm going on with my weekend. I probably won't record again until the following week unless I get inspired to do so because I'm going to be spending the after I go out, I'm be enjoying my time with my family like everyone else. Oh, we went bowling last week and I don't know what we're going to do this weekend, but we had a good time. And I'm going to continue with all the things that I'm doing. I'm trying to get back into my blogs. Every time I open up my computer, I just go to my classwork because I really wanted to knock it down. My whole thing was I'm not going to spend six months on one course. In six months time, I can do two, three or at the rate I'm going, maybe four different courses. That's that's what I'm aiming for. And so I'm going to be spending my free time doing that. And then it's springtime. I even talked about that in game time. I think it was fall when I was recording that or getting ready. I assume, you know, we'll be into spring. Well, we're now in spring season. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my time crying those same tears over the past. I'm not going to waste my time worrying about what happened behind me. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ. Of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm focusing on. You know, it happened. Oh, well, things happened. Oh, well, I hope that Tamar got over it and got a life. Unfortunately, we'll never know how that story ended. But what about you? I know what I choose. Deuteronomy says, choose you this day life that you and your descendants may live. I pray over mine daily. There isn't a time that I open my eyes in the morning that I'm not already in prayer over my seed, over my children and grands. I'm not wasting my time focusing on anything outside of what is priority and what is important in my life. We all have had hurts. We've all doled some hurts, whether we want to admit it or not. We've all done things that we wish we could take back. But what about now? What are you going to do now? What, what, what does the future hold for you now? That's a lot of the things I'm going to get ready to end this. I have some dinner to prepare and then we have a movie night tonight. Um, but I, I just want to say, you know, a focus, a big focus on this financial class is dealing with life stuff. And he gives us all these things to think about through these videos and, and lectures like what what is your true desire? What are you focusing on? What do you want to do with in terms of finances? Are you just going to blow and spend up everything and not have anything at the end of your life? What, what are you going to do? You know, I'm setting up for things to come. I, I can't do anything about the past. You can't do anything about the past. So if you're feeling bad, I would admonish you to do what you need to do to feel good. Reconcile, you know, come to some type of agreement, first of all, with yourself. I had to forgive myself for a lot of things. Sometimes it's harder to forgive yourself. I had to forgive myself and then I had to work on forgiving others and praying for people, even if you don't want to. That's a big part of it. The Bible says, pray for those who despitefully use you. You pray for your enemies. If, if they hunger, 
feed them. If they thirst, I've done that a numerous times. I can't even begin to tell you. You don't always want to do it. It doesn't always feel good, but that's Bible. And after a while, you know what? It really does help to release those feelings. And so I hope on this Easter weekend, this resurrection weekend, you find peace and solace and comfort in the fact that if you are still alive, if you are well, if you are hearing my voice, then it's not too late. Hey, forget the past. Let it go. Forgive them. Forgive yourself. Move on to what is in front of you, what is ahead of you. And I really, really do pray that each and every one of you enjoy your holiday. And I'll talk to you soon. God bless.